this next podcast number 13? 13. 13, yeah. 13, how about that? Rolling along. So welcome to another Presidents podcast, rather intense music. Yes, it's very dramatic. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually not sure what movie it was originally featured in. I know it was put to Kill Bill, but I, I cannot find what the original movie it was featured in. Oh well. If you don't know, you know Mor- Morricone. Mor- Morricone? Uh, Morricone? Morricone, or something like that. Yeah, and so he he made a lot of movies for Sergio Leone and all these sort of guys. And right. He's like The Mission and Good, Bad, The Ugly. That trilogy, right? So it's uh, it's like your what is his name, John Lingo, that does everything now. Williams, John Williams. Yeah, yeah, he's basically like the John Williams from the '60s. Yeah, fair enough. If any of our listeners know the answer, feel free to uh, email us in, so because we don't know which movie it was first used in. Yeah, I'll nice. try and look this up right now. No, so it's, make it's, the uh, something of doom, something like that is what it's called. Silhouette of doom. Right there, we go. All right, so I'm going to start off something different. This is this is different. This is because I've I've been very annoyed about this in the podcast, and I've slightly changed my mind. <laughs> so this is in relation to the Battlefield Modern Warfare thing. <laughs> oh, no, go. no, this is this is the reason I've been so upset about it and yeah. getting so angry about it is because I I was hoping so much for Battlefield to do so much more, and they really let me down. Yeah, I can respect and that. And that's why I'm getting so angry about it because especially because I I like the multiplayer, but that single player really let me down in what I was hoping for. I really hoped for. Something to take on Modern Warfare, which I, I, it gets me very annoyed because they just, it's not saying it's bad, but it's the same thing. And, yeah. and I just I just can't deal with that. And I found, it goes back to playing the game back in the day when I got pretty good at the single player, but it was still, if you were having a bad game in that single player, you, there was no redeeming feature to that game. Yeah. Whereas I thought with Battlefield, if you're having a bad game in the multiplayer, you can go and heal, you can go and give medic kits, you can decide to, to throw down ammo, you can decide to use a tank, you can decide to use something different. Whereas when you were having a bad game in Call of Duty, it was almost like there was a no-win situation. Yeah. But besides, it was just like, I was just hoping for something, for Battlefield to do something more, and they really let me down. Yeah. And I keep fighting for it because it's just, it just didn't yeah. really let me down, but uh, I didn't I, want to like I that. can respect that. Like, I was the same with uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen. I was like... I bought a PlayStation 3, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan, I was like, come on, next generation Final Fantasy, and it came out, it was shit. And so, when people are like, oh, it's terrible, I'm like, no, no, it's got some redeeming features, no, it's, it, you know, it looks really good, and they're like, yeah, it's shit. And uh, you know, it took me a while to just go, fuck, they're right. And yeah. I, was, I was so let down by it. Hence why I'm not, well, I didn't rush out for Final Fantasy 14, thank Christ, that thing sucked as well. I'm not going to run out for 13 too, and no. I'm not going to waste waste my time on 15. Because so. I think 13 too looks like it uh, improves on a lot of the aspects. That yeah, I thought that about 13 as well. And then I'm going to, I'll wait till it's were they, out. Were they re-releasing 10? Yeah, they're yep. still releasing that for the PS3 and Vita. And when's that likely to come out? I guess sometime after the Vita launches. Right. Yeah. And Vita's what, end of the year? Uh, February. Feb- February, okay, so it's a little while away. So. Yeah. But I will be getting that because I know it's good. Yep. So, so I'd, I'd like to say sorry and I understand that Look, Call of Duty. I may not like it. No, or it's not. Don't like it. I may not. I may not it's like it. It's not your it. style. Yeah, of game. It, it may not do enough for me. Yeah. But then again, it sold ridiculous numbers and stuff like that. But yeah. then again, you know, it's like Battlefield sold okay. Probably shouldn't have really. They don't really deserve the accolades, except for should have probably sold as a uh, a, a multiplayer game. Yeah. Really. It's funny when we go Battlefield sold okay. It did five million in the first week. Yeah. When in all honesty, for most game companies, that's fucking exceptional yeah. but if you mm. think of how much money they sunk into it it's not so good but like if you mm. when uh was well, it skyrim's done more yeah skyrim did 3.5 in the first 
day, first yeah. 24 hours. But when you, I think when it was you, five points something in the first 40 or six something in the first 48 hours or something strange yeah. like that. Yeah. But when, when games used to launch, even I think Half-Life 2, I don't know the exact figures, but I think it would have been only around five million or so first week or so out, maybe first night or I'd something. I'd be surprised if it was even that many. But yeah, yeah, I think, I think and, games, yeah, it, yeah. I would have thought something like Modern Warfare 2 was the last was the first of the range of the sites. massive releases. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. the first time that a game release really got people in scores. Yeah. At, uh, actually, probably Halo 3, to be honest. Probably yeah, Halo, Halo 3. 3 would Halo yeah. 2 maybe even was one of the yeah. first, like, midnight launches and okay. that kind of stuff. But certainly, you know, Half-Life 2 came out with roughly the same sales and it was seen as being the biggest success any game had seen for a millennia. You know, it was just huge. And nowadays we're like, five million? Come on, you could have done better than that. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think we're underplaying five million. No, no, no. But I mean, like, isn't compared to something like Call of Duty, which is like, bang, 10 million first night. Suck it, fools. But that's just because they have the, you know, they sort of hit all the audiences. They hit the gamers, like, you know, the hardcore gamers, even the casual gamers to a point will go and pick it up. The, you know, all the dudes in dorms in America, you know, yeah. once, hey, bro, let's go play some shooters. They're going to go buy it and stuff yeah, they've like got, that. Yeah, they've got every market and they've yeah. sort of, they've proved, they've, they've proved what they've got. Now, as much as, like, I haven't played enough of them multiplayer to know whether they've improved that. They've certainly, they've got a very strong structure. Yeah. And they just keep making that structure a little bit better. And it is people just upgrade each year so that if they can play the multiplayer with everyone else, which is, I guess, one of those things that, I'm getting that fish shake in the back of my Yeah, head. I was, yeah, was, was going to ask you if we could get I'll it. be right back. Yeah, so that, that, that's one of the things that I found that I think they've uh, they've got that sort of yearly update mould going with it. But I'd be very surprised if Battlefield doesn't have that yearly update yeah, now. Yeah, I would have thought so. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm, I'd wonder whether... Annualizable is what you're thinking of. Yeah, uh, I wonder whether maybe Battlefield's going to cut its losses after this. And, and so they, they... I think the single player was an afterthought for them and it was a poor choice to do that as an afterthought. I'm not sure you could say afterthought because they knew from the beginning they had to do a single player. Unless yeah, oh, I mean like I mean like um, like Call of Duty spent most of their time working oh. on the single player. I think yeah. Battlefield single player was given a lot less respect than oh, what its multiplayer was and they didn't talk about the single player up until very, very close to release date. But oh, uh, it doesn't, made, doesn't excuse it at all. Yeah. They it did make some big calls on the single player that they just didn't deliver on which I thought was a bit weak as such but... You know, all companies do that. It's a way to hype up. It's usually not even the company. It's the PR company that they hire to discuss the game and such more than anything else. But I think also people recognise Battlefield as more of a multiplayer game anyway, so it kind of makes sense to continue with that. But by adding a single-player campaign that does resemble Call of Duty, it's going to get new fans, and obviously it worked for them. Yeah, I was hoping it would do something a little bit different and it kind of tried to follow in someone else's footsteps and it doesn't work like that. But even, even though you haven't enjoyed the single player as maybe as much as the Call of Duty single player campaign, it doesn't sound like you didn't enjoy the game. I, 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 this is more of a concession that they did a very poor job in the single player. I think I, think actually, I didn't enjoy the single player. In fact, I found it very frustrating no, more than know. anything. But you said you apologised at the start of the podcast. But I'm more apologising for I've been so rampantly aggressive about Battlefield when I probably shouldn't be considering but it seems like even the episode like. after battlefield came out you didn't deny that you didn't like the single player oh no no I've been a little aggressive about it it's, it certainly hasn't lived up to what call of duty's done so I can't keep arguing that it's on par with call of duty like multiplayer I think it is but um you know then again multiplayer numbers it's not even really close okay like like the it's it couldn't even knock off um the other the other what was it uh black, black ops, ops. 
when it was on release date. I, I think any game these days is going to have a pretty hard slog to try and do that. You know, you even look at stuff like a few years if they released the Halo Anniversary Edition, if they would released that earlier this year, it would have been the biggest freaking game ever. People would have been so hyped for it. You know, it's another Halo, well, it's kind of another Halo, you know, and then, you know, it came out last week. I don't think I know a single person that picked it up. You go into JB, they've got no signs going on about the Halo Anniversary Edition. Other well, it's only, like it's only 60 bucks. Yeah. 60 bucks on the side. But yeah. even so, we're talking about a Halo here, you know what I mean? Like, even Halo Wars got a huge reception and stuff like that. And it's been overshadowed by Modern Warfare 3 and Skyrim. And I sort of feel sorry for any company that is going to release a game in the next couple of months because they've got no chance, at least with Xbox and PlayStation, to try and even take any market share because those two games are just dominating. I think, I think Skyrim's been a big surprise packet. Yeah, in, in the absolutely. same way that um, Fallout 3 was, they've come into a market that's dominated by people playing short bursts of single-player, multiplayer, quick action games, yeah. get in there, finish a level in five minutes, get out and go hang out, stuff like that. And they're releasing a ridiculously heavy game. Yeah. And people are buying it, and they're buying it in their masses. And it's really, really taken off. And I'm, I'm actually quite... Uh, it's, it, it gives me like some joy to see something like that happen. Well, that, it, uh, it obviously just shows there's still different audiences for all this kind of stuff where, uh, you know, the people who want those big experiences are going to support it. And, uh, yeah, that's good to see. I, I definitely still want to get around to playing it, but because it's such a huge game, I think I'll wait till I've got more time, and that's probably the case for a lot of people as well. Well, you waited so, on Fallout 3 as well. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing with these Bethesda games, by that time, hopefully, there'll be patches out to fix a few of their early glitches. And, yeah. yeah. So I, think, I, I actually think... I don't think there's many... Like, there are very few. I have not. Yeah. I, I, out of all the Bethesda games, this is probably the almost straight down the line perfect game for them on release compared yeah, to nice. other games. The, the only thing is, if you get hit by something very powerful, you go flying in the air. Yeah. But that's really about it. And, and I guess when you shoot something, sometimes they'll they'll go flying off in the air yeah, as well. Yeah, but even that's fairly rare. Like, I find that's fairly rare. Yeah, it's not as common as what I thought yeah, it would be. Like the, the, the only annoying glitch I've found so far, and it's such a petty thing to pick on, but it is something, you know, if people need to know about. It's occasionally when I go up to a door and say open, the animation of the door opens, but you don't go in and then you have to hit open again and you finally go okay. through. And very occasionally that happens, but really it's compared to... Yeah, and some, other, I, yeah, sometimes you can't pick up things, like you, you're yeah. pressing the button to pick up and it won't pick up. Yeah. It seems like the one that I heard about was the PS3 saves were getting corrupted or something after they oh, got really? to 6 meg. So uh, I think that's one of the bigger ones, obviously you guys are that's playing on like, 360, yeah. so haven't experienced that. Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. See, when you play it on an inferior console, I mean, um. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. that's going to be awkward. <laughs> that's going to sound really awkward out there. My point, my point was that I think there'll be a lot of people who are waiting to buy this game and, you know, waiting for Christmas yeah. and that kind of stuff. So, well, yeah, well, I guess we're, we're still forgetting about that Christmas market. And I wonder whether something like Modern Warfare's got in early enough that the kids get it before Christmas. Yeah. Know, waiting for Christmas buying period. I think, I think. That game is just going to continue to dominate. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah. I still find it a bit strange though that um, you release a game this far out from Christmas. Like, there's a huge audience there that will, if you release it near Christmas, they will go, "I've got the money to buy it now. I'll buy it now." Or it's so close to Christmas, it's on my Christmas list because there's nothing worse when someone goes, "What do you want?" Like my birthday is end of November, um, and someone goes, say halfway through November, "What do you want for your birthday?" And you're like, "Oh well." This game comes out on the 20th, sweet. I'll get them to get me this. And then you go, wait, no, I'm going to buy it on the 20th. 
You know what I mean? Like I don't want to wait that extra eight days past it. <laughs> well, yeah, we're at the stage where we're not we're not in the, the gift giving oh, era. Yeah. We're, we're we're certainly when you, when you work full time, you can sort of go out and buy it anytime you want, really. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, Skyrim can push me through till we get to something like uh, Mass Effect Three. Well, that's the thing. You see all these games coming out at the end of the year, and then obviously some people have to delay their games because it's going to take a bit longer, or they just don't want to compete. But we've still got all these great games coming at the start of next year. So uh, yeah. what else is there? The, the Vita comes out. Prototype two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah very much blinded by Mass Effect three. That's going to be probably my yeah that's um, a big one. Probably my, my greatest game. Uh, we've got uh, early next I'd, year. I'd still say Mass I Effect believe 2 believe we have one. Max Payne 3 coming out oh, yeah, early true. next yep. year. Um, and I'd be looking at, I'd be thinking... And Final Fantasy 13 Final Fantasy 13 too. And we're looking at what, a year metal. from now. A year from now, we should be having GTA 5. Yeah, hopefully. They haven't announced the release date and stuff like Bioshock, uh, Infinity. Infinite. Yeah, Infinite's in early, as well as Darkness 2. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, coming out early as well. I know I just mentioned, but Twisted Metal, which... If you ever played the original games on the PlayStation, me and Ben checked out at E3, it looks awesome. Oh, hell, if you played Carmageddon back in the day, if you played any of those sort of crazy car death race style games, it's worth picking up. But um, there's a, there's a quite a good sort of chunk early next year. But what I never understand is we have this huge drought throughout the year, and then like eight AAA titles dropped on us all at the end of the year. Six in one week. Yeah, yeah. six in one week. And then, yeah, we get stuff in the new year. It's like... Seriously, I know that they're trying to target, you know, sort of the Christmas audience and stuff like that to a point, but... If you have a brilliant game that comes out in July, you were going to make a killing. That's it. If you're going to release early if October... If Battlefield 3 had come out in July, it would have got yeah, ridiculous numbers. It. If you're going to release early October, late September, like Gears War 3 and Battlefield and stuff, mm. you're nuts to release a thing because it's too early for the Christmas rush, but you're at sort of the end of the drought. Like, Gears War 3 sort of broke the drought for me. That was that an was odd fantastic. time. Yeah, that was yeah. an odd time to release a game. Um, yeah. But it broke the drought for me, but it would have been fantastic to get that in the middle of the year when most people, even kids by then, have saved up a bit of pocket money or could have saved up some pocket money by that point. And it's like, there's nothing, there's nothing... We're talking about July, so it's American school holidays during that time. You know, all of this stuff that would have been perfect for them. And no one releases anything then. It's like, there must be something we don't know. But certainly, as certainly someone who studied marketing... I think they go for the holidays. They go for Christmas holidays, very early start of the year. And then, so like Thanksgiving, yeah. Christmas, because there's a big Thanksgiving yeah. sales and things like that in the US. So a yeah, lot, of, of, lot of these games are preparing for Thanksgiving in a little while. But at the same um, time you're going up against such huge competition. Yeah, exactly. it's I think Easter is another period where they where they like to release a lot of titles. Yeah. I think, I think it, it, it gravitates towards the main sales in the US. Yeah. And I guess sort of they have that they, they start of the year sale, Thanksgiving sales, yeah. Easter sales. Like yeah, I, I, I'm not 100% yeah. sure on it, but certainly Thanksgiving sales are... They have their Black Friday sales, moment. are insane. Yeah. yeah. But it still seems odd that you wouldn't put one out during the drought when there is no competition. Well, I think and this people year, are desperate for a game. I yeah. think this year we saw less of a drought than we have in the past, and certainly, yeah. like the year before. I think I, think I felt it like, this year more than I felt it any year. I felt it most this year just because the things that were going to break the drought were so good. Most years, you're in the drought and you're looking at what's coming up in August or coming up in September, and you're like, "Oh, all right, we've got prototype. Uh, we didn't know anything much about Infamous, so we're like, oh, we've got Infamous. That might be good.' But it was like, yeah, there's some good games, you know, Army of Two and stuff, and you're like, these games look good." But they're not like, oh my god, I must get this freaking game. And then this year, because it, even the drought wasn't didn't seem so long, there were some really good games in that drought, and almost that made it worse. Like a couple of years ago, I remember saying to Jimmy, looking at the end of the drought, going, "EA, 
was going to release, I think, six games at the end of the drought, and all up there was 22 in a month to come out of top-end games, well, what were meant to be top-end games, and we were like, we're going to be freaking broke. Luckily for us, everything got pushed back, and it came out all st staggered, which was good, but it was very much the case where we sort of looked at it thinking, why the hell aren't these games coming out a little earlier? You know, you could release even Army 2 a little bit buggy, and you'd probably still make it crap like Well, that's what Prototype did. Prototype made a decent amount of sales. I think they were in the millions yeah, for a very average game, just because they were the first to break the draft. came out the same weekend as Infamous, but Infamous was on the PS. I think the same thing happened with Dead Island this year. Yeah, Dead Island broke our drought, and they got huge amounts of sales. And so many. Hey, you got me Modern Warfare for three. Yeah, for free. So you know, it, it, uh, a lot of people. The thing I had a bit of a laugh is a lot of people were like, "Oh, Dead Island's fantastic," and I think it's because they were having a bit of Stockholm syndrome with not having any good games for a while that they really enjoyed it for like a day, and then went, "Actually, this is terrible." But then it, there was like Resistance Three and things like that for the PS. So yeah, I, I think at this point, neglecting a couple of PS yeah. games uh, that may have PlayStation have. Game killed the exclusives this year well and truly yeah. if you look at what playstations had released i think it was something like don't hold me to this number but it was something like there's been 12 or 18 ps3 exclusives this year compared to three microsoft ones um and they've all been decent games you know we've had resistance 3 uh was killzone 3 this year or last year i think early this year yeah i think it was early yeah. this year we've had infamous 2 but we've had a decent amount of just ps exclusive games that have been very good whereas xbox the only exclusive stuff i can think of is gears war 3 which is good forza 4 but yeah it must be forza 4 now um and that's about it off the top of my head. But there's been all those that. HD collections, like yeah. God of War. And oh, yeah, and PlayStation's had all the HD collections as well. Yeah. Like, PlayStation's really come out this year. I um, see. And looking at the sales or something, uh, like just recently, PlayStation's not far behind Xbox in unit sales worldwide now. Um, I think and, yeah, it moved up pretty well, didn't and it? And Xbox oh. has had an extra three years on the... Uh, two or three years running, which means... I think, I think 18 we're... 18 months. 18 months, like yeah. We're, we're, we're at the point where the consoles are blurring... Yeah. lines a bit more where we're not at that point where there's such a division because so many games are released cross-platform now yeah it's pretty much only the first party games that you're going to be seeing as exclusive nowadays yeah. there's a few exceptions like uh, resistance as you mentioned but very few really i think it comes down to controller choice as well it seems petty but it's true we might roll into uh what's the hacks oh, wait, before, finally before we uh, do do that i just wanted to clarify the intro song was from the movie Navajo Joe. Navajo Joe. Now we're not going to get any emails about it, dude. <laughs> no, no, that's still I'll email still be wrong. We'll get emails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. from Navajo Joe. Ah! <laughs> emailing us. All right. Here's the song. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, who? I, I might start then. Okay. Why not? Perhaps uh, music-wise, one of my favorite bands I've realized has reformed and started releasing stuff, which is nice. These guys, hot water music. Don't know. So I've been listening to that. It's kind of like post-punk, I guess is what they right. call it. So it's like it's like post-hardcore, like just aggressive rock, really. Really good stuff. I'm, I'm very much a fan. And they're releasing a lot of 7-inch uh, vinyls, cool. which are the smaller ones. Uh, run at 45 RPM per minute. Right. Only one track on each side, but it's really cool to get to listen to those. And they've got so a lot of different styles. So you're buying the vinyl version? Yeah, I am. I've been ordering from... In fact, I uh, ordered from a website called Merch Now, and it arrived like a week later from the US, and the shipping wasn't that bad. Right, nice. That Good was ridiculous, yeah. yeah. I was really happy with that. So it's nice to get a couple of those. And they've, they've released them with... Um, so they've released like the same one, but with like six or seven different colored vinyls. Oh, okay. okay. 
So a lot of different colors over time. They've had a couple that they've discontinued now, but they've got three that they're releasing at the moment. What color did you go for? Uh, I've gone, it's a light blue with speckled white in it. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, yeah and a little bit of red as well. I think there's a dash of red. Right. That's quite nice. Um, yeah, well worth having listened to. I'm, I'm a, I've been a big fan for a while. One of their albums is arguably in my top 10 albums of all time. And they're just, they were so, so good and kind of very well, very well loved. Uh, and it's nice to see they're back. And they're, they're certainly not sounding bad. Still sounding really good. Cool. Which is nice. Uh, what I've been watching is 30 Rock Season 5. Right. Came out on DVD, went and bought that. It is really good. Right. Really good season. Did, did you enjoy Season 5? I think it's probably one of the better seasons. I, I can't really remember. It's been a while since I've watched it. I didn't not enjoy it. But I can't remember you know, whether or not it stood out as opposed to you know against the other seasons. The show is definitely... Still very funny, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what what's season five about. You have to remind me. Uh, season five is Jack's having a baby girl. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's a quite quite a good one, and um, just the generic lemon craziness. Yeah, I do like Elizabeth Banks playing uh, Avery. Jack's yeah, wife. she's always she's always played sort of sex crazed women. <laughs> yeah, but she's she's definitely um, funny, and uh, she does those roles well, I guess. But, uh, yeah, still maybe a bit typecast after 40-year-old Virgin. Yeah, yeah. Probably just slightly typecast on that front. So I've been I've been enjoying that. And I went and bought an absolute behemoth amount of movies at the moment. So I went and bought Blu-rays because they had a nice little sale somewhere. And so I've got Top Gun to watch. Nice. Godfather 1, Godfather 2. Went and picked up those. Went and picked up a, a Coen Brothers collection, which in that collection has Love Intolerable. Is that what it was called? I don't know. I yeah, okay, so it's got George Clooney and uh, Catherine Zeta Jones in it. A serious uh, man. I, I know the one. Hang on, it's not yeah. Love and Tom. Yeah, Love and Dubai or something strange like that. Yeah. I think it's actually quite good. Okay. Uh, keep going. Uh, so that uh, serious man, Big Lebowski, which I've seen. Oh, awesome! Uh, love love Burn after reading, which I've seen as well, which is quite uh, good. Yeah, and Fargo, which is amazing. So Fargo is an awesome one as yeah, well. Yeah, really, really. And good. Fargo Winter as well. Or oh, Fargo no, Two. Is that an unofficial sequel? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, they, they never, uh, never, never agreed to that sequel. So that was looking forward to that. And uh, the, the final Harry Potter film has been released. And so I went and bought the massive Blu-ray collection with all Every of the movies. Every single one. Yeah, yeah, I saw some uh, good deals out. Of it was that. it was a really good price. So it was eight eight movies, including extra features. And I picked it up for about one hundred and thirty nine Aussie dollars. Aussie dollars. Okay. Which I think is a pretty good price. And there's actually a smaller collection which you can get, which doesn't have the special features for a little bit cheaper as well. Intolerable Cruelty. Yes. So I was thinking, I think you'd love Indubitably, which is a film that was in 30 Rock, I think, a reference. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I've been watching. It, it's really enjoying it. It's Good. actually nice to get to watch this again. I sort of went off 30 Rock for a while and never, wa- never watched this season. And then it came out and I'm actually really happy with it. Good to hear. Good to hear. Mm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a lot. So that's about it for me. Uh, video game playing wise, I really haven't had any time this week. So yeah. I've played. I've played. Uh, I think I played maybe three hours over the week of Skyrim, or three and a half, four hours of Skyrim. So um, I'm craving it, and my power shut off at home at the moment. And yesterday I had to do a ton of moving for relatives. So cutting into your Skyrim. Craving, time. I'm craving Skyrim, and I know it's going to be work time tomorrow, and I'm just. Not going to get to play. Having withdrawals. Yeah. Yeah, so Ben, what have you been up to? All right. Well, last night I started watching Kevin Smith's latest Q&A, which is called Too Fat for 40. 
um, and basically it's similar to his other ones where he did uh, an evening with Kevin Smith where he just answers a whole bunch of questions and talks to a auditorium full of people in you know kind of like a stand-up comedy routine but telling stories about his life and on-set antics and you know working as a director in Hollywood that kind of stuff. This one aired on a two-hour special in America on TV which this is like the uncut version and so it goes for like three and a half hours basically. He says at the very start, okay well you know sometimes I'd known to go on for quite a long time. I'm going to try and get through as many questions as possible. I'm about two hours in and he's still talking about the first question so uh, he you know he does not have short answers but he's very funny. I've also I checked out Scribblenauts remix on the iPhone. How was that? It's pretty good. It's like a dollar. Scribblenauts was great. It's a great game. It's, I, I like the DS one. I played the first one, yeah. and it's the kind of thing that, at, you know, when you first start playing it, it kind of really impresses you. Like, holy shit, I can type anything, and it'll appear in the game. And then the limitations start showing when you try and do something more complicated, and it doesn't do it. Yeah, yeah. this is a bit more like the. Well, they they released Super Scribblenauts, yeah. which I think they they had put in. A lot more features. You can with, put adjectives in it as and well, and you can color things, yeah. and you can you can choose different types of other things. Whereas yeah. the first one was very much a like they put in you know your vampire and your Cthulhu and all this sort of stuff that everyone thought was fun. But I must admit it was it was still quite limited, especially if you were trying to be very creative. Yeah. Exactly, and you'd do things like I need some fire, and it would just do like a tiny little fire, and you have to try and type like okay, what's the word for a giant fire? Yeah. So. Inferno or something might be more along the lines, but here now they've added that adjective functionality from Super Scribble Notes where you can say big fire and yeah. that you know just makes way more yeah. uh, accessible. And uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. It doesn't have nearly as many levels as the DS ones, but well, for a buck you would yeah, expect it. You yeah. can't complain, and it does seem like they're trying to do the Angry Birds. Is it a, is it a plus game where you're going to be able to get more and more levels? Or yeah, so it looks like there's room for coming soon extra levels and. Um, yeah, I'm pretty impressed because, you know, for 30 bucks or something for Super Scribble Notes where it's a dollar, yeah. you're getting basically the same game just with less levels. Well, it's, it's, that kind of game is tailor-made for something oh, yeah. like the iPhone. The, the iPhone move. is really the perfect resource for a lot of these small Game Boy, Game Boy Advance DS games. Yeah, and it does seem like it's uh, been quite successful seeing it in the top you know, 10 of the sales. Did you get a chance, either of you, to try the Minecraft iOS. I don't have because I know you've, you've yeah because you've played it on that. Yeah. I'm not sure whether it's the same or whether they've. Well, they're both made by the same company. You'd think they'd be pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't played it, but uh, I might have to give it a go then. I've certainly played on the Xperia Play, the Sony Ericsson phone, and I've played it a bit on my phone. And it seems alright. I just don't think it's quite what you want to be doing on your phone. It's, so. it's, I think it might be quite awkward yeah. with the motion. Uh, on your it's phone. for the uh, my uh, uh, attitude towards it's for the addicts out there that love their Minecraft so much that they have to be able to access their servers every every second of the day. Yeah, they, they really killed it for me really quickly yeah. somehow. I don't know how they um, did it. It's just that just, you could die from eating. Like, yeah. You're not eating. And just, you, you could die, die. It wasn't like you went down to one bar. Yeah. It would kill you. Flat out kill you. And it's like, well, I've just trekked across the land doing stuff. And now I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm playing this game to build, not to, especially on online well, servers. I don't mind if they have that in the game, as long as you can switch it off. Mm. That was my issue. Yeah, it seems like the people who were playing it before it was more of a game and making your own game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it may have alienated a lot of audiences now that they've kind of actually launched it as a proper game. Yeah. Um, so I would be surprised if they didn't add that functionality sometime, because... Uh, 
it seems like there were a lot of people who just want to build stuff rather yeah. than... Well, they put in creative mode, but I don't want to... Creative mode kind of takes away from you earning what you build. Yeah. Okay, so you, you have, like, unlimited access to things. Mm. Yeah, something. so you yeah, didn't right. have to dig everything. And, you, like, half the fun was exploring caves and going, oh, sweet, I found a block of diamond, and then being able to use that diamond to, you know do something, you know, it was actually, it added that to it. Yeah, Whereas sure. now, there'd be no point in digging out these massive labyrinths of caves and stuff that yep. we did. You know, you look at some of the stuff Alex has done on our server, one of our friends that was on our... You couldn't walk, walk through those caves without dying that, that long. Yeah, but Alex's ones are, like, he has caves that are thousands of blocks long, and then they're like 10 by 10 size holes, and, you know, just massive things that he dug out over time. You see, there's um, footage of people that build those ridiculously, like like down to 64 levels down, so they build them right down to the bottom of yeah. the map, and they're just a giant pit. Yeah, that then they, they build stuff the in that pit. Up, yeah. That's cool. And then, what, you're stuck in the bottom of a pit? <laughs> Pretty much. Cool. Um, but yeah, like it's. 749 for the pocket edition of Mario. Yeah, it's a yeah. decent price. But yeah, so it's, it's, it's one of those things where they've kind of destroyed that game in my mind. I, it would be interesting to see the numbers of people playing it's it. It's tiny, 2.9 2. meg. Yeah, it would be well. It's, the PC version is only 128k because it's just a Java front end for the actual server. So, does this? Do you know whether this connects to the online or whether it's all in housed? No, it would be online. 2.5 meg is not big enough to hold everything. Um, plus, that way they could get you to log into their server and get all the server numbers and stuff off it. Um, but you know, in the end, we're still talking about you know it, once those numbers start to drop on the Minecraft servers and and they start seeing a drop, they might actually go back to when they were popular and work out what they did wrong. Certainly, the forums have spelt it out to them fairly strongly. With a lot of people going, "I've spent over a thousand you know hours in this game. I'm done because you guys have screwed it." And you know, like the game was twenty bucks for us. It wasn't the end of the world, but at no. the same time, it's kind of sad to see all your work go to help because like I kind of walk around our server now and look at you know the White House that someone's built and the Melbourne High School that someone else has built and stuff without dying between the locations like it's stupid yeah I'm at the bottom of a pit at the moment with, <laughs> with two bars of health left and I quit because I was going to die and I'm not going back because I don't want to have to trek there ever again the guy's just going to be stuck in the bottom of a pit forever Basically, yep. plus they um, when they when they added the new functionality into it including things like caves and um, like, like pre-built mines and stuff like mm -hmm. that. We can actually find diamonds in those pre-built mines in in little uh, chests that were you know built by ancient people before. Mm -hmm. They put things like cave spiders in, yeah. but they didn't lock them off. So they're in. If you, if you go into a safe game, they're there. Yeah. So there there are still enemies in the peaceful mode. Yeah. Right. And the other problem with it is, is the enemies are actually. Like, especially if you've been playing a peaceful mode, you, you haven't built armor for your character or anything like that. The enemies drop you damn fast. Like, they're really, really dangerous to be near. So it's actually one of those things where you can get yourself, yeah, you pretty much, in a lot of cases, have to rethink how you have to go about everything. Because you just die, drop all your gear and have to start again constantly. I know uh, Minecon was on this last weekend. Yeah. Did you follow any of that? No. Um, I'm kind of actually over the whole Minecraft thing. I've moved on to... Um, something new. I'm sure I'll go back over the years and play it again, but at the moment I'm, I'm a bit Minecraft out as such. It seems like I saw some photos of the auditorium where Notch was doing his keynote speech, and they were certainly preparing for a lot of people. So yeah. it seems like that game has it's got insane a huge popularity. Yeah. It, it it is it was for a very long time the the indie game of all time. But it's crazy to think that that game has only been around for about a year. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, listen, the game was good. I'm, I'm not 
denying it. It's just what they've done to it since that has sort of ruined it. But you never know, they might fix it and stuff, so yeah. Yeah, it, it seems like the kind of game that's just going to keep building upon and... Uh, that's the whole you know, point of it. Yeah, yeah, another year from now it'll be completely different to what we've got so far, so... Yeah. Um, have you been up to anything, like, uh, movies-wise and stuff? I haven't, no, Twilight came out this week, so every, I guess every other uh, distributor is scared to go up against it. So nothing's new? Yeah. yeah, so there's no new movies out. I did play the new levels of, uh, Cut the Rope on the iPhone. <laughs> Which, uh, that's, that's pretty much the best iPhone game out there if anyone hasn't played it. Um, which which levels? Were they were these still magic ones? or is there These are rocket magic? levels. Rocket levels? Yeah. So it's, it's cut, for cut the rope. Last one I played with, with magic hats and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. That was, that was a few ago. But uh, yeah, this is for Cut the Rope Experiments, which is kind of like their sequel. There's still two iPhone games that are significantly better, which is uh, Peggle. Peggle's good. That's Peggle's. probably my second favourite. Yep. And uh, Plants vs. Zombies. See, Plants vs. Zombies is good, but... It's a bit small on the screen. Yeah, I get like 20 minutes into a level and then die and then can't be bothered playing yeah. through all that again. At least with, you know, Cut the Rope and Peggle, it's, you know, a minute a level or yeah. like a couple of seconds a level, which I think is more suited for the handheld kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to this week. Cool. Right. Curtis. Uh, for me, uh, I've been gaming a lot, obviously. Uh, I've been playing a shitload of Skyrim um, and loving every minute of it. I could talk for hours on it, but I won't. No spoilers, please. Uh, yeah, well, that's it. I might wait a couple of weeks before I start really chatting about it. Um, I'd like you to wait until I finish it. <laughs> we'll probably um, have to wait until Ben's finished it before he starts. So yeah, twenty thirteen, big Skyrim challenge. Well, because even even the even the side quests are just it's it's so uh, much fun going and finding a side quest that you didn't know about. Well, the other thing is, it's not like a usual side quest in a game where it's like go find me fourteen pieces of wood and come back. It's actually fully scripted story, you know, they're actually decent side... Everywhere. There are some that are just go, get me this, go get me this, which are the miscellaneous ones, but yeah, there's but a lot of straight up side And quests. even some of the miscellaneous ones are actually quite... Yeah, there's still, you know, two, three, four movements yeah, worth um, of things to do. And so then I've also played a bit of Modern Warfare 3 uh, on the multiplayer, and yeah, still enjoying it. The multiplayer, I, I think I finally put my finger on what's different to the other Call of Duties. Um, I couldn't work out why this one just felt so different to the past one and everyone I talk to says the same thing and I, I think what we've worked out is everywhere you are feels a little bit more open so every time you turn a corner you get shot in the back because there's five or six different ways to every single location on the map which really stops camping there's almost no sniping at all these days okay. um, but the other thing with it is you are die. there any large maps like like what there were there are, there are some larger ones are there, are there any grass based maps because uh, there were a few yet. in the last game there was a lot of grass-based yeah. ones, and they were very wide open, and they were just sniper sniper yeah. dreams. There, there's uh, there's not really many grass-based ones because obviously it still follows the storyline, and this one was a lot more inner city combat sort of stuff. Um, there's like there's one or two maps in multiplayer that I can't stand, but there's a couple that I really love. Um, but what I've found with it is you die much quicker. It's not like the old modern warfare where you could take a couple of rounds before you sort of got put down this one feels like you get snapped you know it's like bang you down, down. Uh, i always played in hardcore mode so i was always sort yeah. of in that so if you like if away. you liked hardcore mode it'd be, it's very similar like that just in the normal i just liked hardcore mode because i fucking hated everyone being able to see you every movement yeah. you make i liked to be anonymous in the game yeah. hardcore mode is the me. one place where you find a lot of campers obviously that's what it sometimes calls for but um no it's, it's still very good and i'm really loving one mode called kill confirmed where when you shoot someone they drop their dog tags and you got to collect them it's quite score. quite enjoyable that one yeah um and, and there, there, there can be strategy to it i don't know whether many people oh, will put strategy i'm freaking dominating that one just by using the bullet shield not actually going for kills just collecting up all the dog tags because i can walk out into 
areas where there's a gunfight, collect up all the dog tags and walk back out of combat and then just let our guys keep pushing forward while I just do the dog tag. <laughs> I can so imagine you just like sneaking in while everyone else is trying to kill each other. God, like, you took my kill! Yeah, just no, like no, you still get the kill yeah. if, you get, if you do the kill. It's just the dog tags are how the your points. team yeah. progresses. And that, you know, that's a, that's a really good way of playing. I did, do they have the feature where if you're running and then you want to duck, you actually dive forward? No, they took that one out. That was in Black Ops. That was, that was actually quite a good feature because it stopped one of the, that functions of people running and then hitting the floor and shooting you. Yeah. It meant that it was more of a fluid motion. Um, that was in Black Ops, not Modern Warfare 2, yeah. which well, obviously... Okay. No, they took that out, but what they have done now is when you duck... It actually almost takes a second for your gun to come back up. So I did notice that, that and I did notice that if you if you choose to crawl, you can shoot, mm. but you're like it'll take a second and you, you can't aim shoot. Yeah, yeah. So that makes a big difference. I uh, so I've been playing quite a bit of that. Uh, other games, CarrierSoft on uh, Android released their next game, which I've been playing, which is World Cruise Story. It's another one of those build up, you know, like the hot spring story. This one you're building up a cruise ship and going around the world and doing all that. I've been sinking many hours lying in bed playing that. If you liked any of the carrier soft games or those sort of SimCity style games, pick it up. I think it's only four bucks. Were those the ones that did the the racing dream or whatever? Like? Yeah, yeah uh, Grand Prix story and stuff. Like yeah, because I did that. No, I got I got I got through the first lot of Grand Prix and stuff, and yeah. then got to the next section. Then you move to another yeah. country, and I couldn't couldn't get it once I moved to the they, other. They country. see they sort of do two different styles of games. One is a bit more like that, where you've got Grand Prix story, game dev story, and Premier League story, where it's more about the competing, you know, you know, you actually have a team or a sport and you're moving up that way. And then they've got their other one, which is much more of a Sim City style one, which is like Hot Spring Story. Uh, this one, which is Game Dev Story. Uh, there's Mega Mall Story on the iPhone as well. Cruise, cruise Story, this one. Sorry, Cruise Story. Sorry, Cruise Story, this one. And Mega Mall Story, where it's actually, you're, build, you're not competing against people as such. Okay. You're just building up a ship. You're choosing where you're putting, say, the toilets compared to the restaurants and the, the cabins and you... You get better compatibility where with different ones, and you're just trying to get more passengers on your cruise ship. So kind of like theme park and yeah, theme hospital. Yeah, very like similar that. to those sort of ones. So I've it's never played theme park. You never played it. I had it. I had uh, it on uh, PS2. I've got it on uh, PC. Uh, certainly, theme park could hold a you know a torch to theme hospital, but it was still good. Nah, no, I was always a theme park. Theme no, I think I had a different. I think I had a different one. Theme park world. It might have been something like that. Yeah, we I could, we could choose. Like one. you could make the roller coasters oh, that's yourself. Roller yeah, that was yeah, cool. You could choose the size. Um, yeah, you could always make the roller coasters, but on that one, they added the ability to ride the ones that you made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you used to be at a kid, and you could walk around as the kid and yeah. get all the stuff and yeah. win dollars and things. So, and you used to wait for like a big stack of kids to come up and then jack the price right up high as they walk <laughs> through. <laughs> and some turn, you just got to make sure it's not high enough that they don't turn back. Because yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes they're like, no, they just walk away, sad face. Yeah, it's always fun to jack up the salt and all the fries. And then, and then sell of, drinks. Yeah, it made them extra thirsty, so they'd buy fries and then have like $1,000 drinks that they'd have to buy to quench their thirst. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've, I've been playing So vindictive. <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could run a fast food restaurant. Yeah, just everyone was puking up in my theme park all the time. But, you know. <laughs> um, TV-wise, uh, the usual things have been really digging the newer episodes of Terra Nova. Um, they, I, find, I reckon they're getting better. It's good. I'm a few um, behind, but uh, yeah. I'm still keeping up with it. The storylines are getting a bit more intriguing, and the son's being less of a little whitey bitch. But yeah, no, it's getting much better. Um, I watched a couple of movies this week. I finally got around to seeing uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which was awesome. Yeah, I really, so really like that. Um, and that baby ape is so cute. <laughs> and then I also finally got around to watching Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Yep. The newest one. That one was interesting. It was... I watched it with 
Kristen and Dad was watching, we were just watching on the couch, Dad watched the start of it, and both of them found it fairly boring, because it wasn't as action-packed as the last one, so it was very, very story-driven. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a lot more story-driven than anything else. Um, and it didn't also have uh, Will and... Yeah, uh, that, you know those characters. Yeah, from, uh, it was it was Big very Boobs obvious. McGee. Well, what was her name? Uh, Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. Um, Big Boobs McGee. Well, she's she, she's almost the same as like um. I don't think they were they were massive. They weren't like. Well, but she was made... like she was like Victoria Beckham, where there's it's like a stick with two watermelons <laughs> attached to it. Well, I heard in the uh, first movie they digitally enhanced her boobs. Oh really? So maybe that's what you think of. Yeah, and that's probably she what I'm was, thinking of. She was complaining in the second. And Sorry, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Overly sexist, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> she was complaining in the second one that that was one of the reasons that she almost didn't do the movie because they wouldn't have the time to do that. Right. I'm like, oh, really? Haven't they got like push up bras or something for that kind of stuff? But yeah, either way, you know, it was it was all right. It was um, it's not as good as the other ones. It was a, it felt like a bit of a cash in. Like they went, all right, we've got a franchise, we can make a bit more money, let's do it. So, but either way, watch that music. I've Actually, going back to some of the older stuff I used to listen to when I was a bit younger. Nick's going to give me shit for this, but I figured since Soundwave's coming up, I'd listen to a heap of Limp Bizkit again. Limp Bizkit. Um, Keep rolling, rolling, yep. rolling, and, um, rolling. Yeah. It's yeah. funny because it like still takes me back to when I was like, <laughs> <laughs> still takes me back to uh, being a kid, especially when you're in the car and just going nuts. So, yeah. Um, I remember that, those days. That's about it off the top of my head. Cool. All right, so that's what's happening. Got some news. Um, yeah, we got news. We got things that are happening around the world. Um, this is a good one. Christian Stewart starring in Akira? Question, question mark. mark. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe they're talking about doing a live action Akira. So that's it's live action, the, is it? Okay. Yeah, they've been talking about doing it for like Ages. ten years. The only thing I really, because I don't really understand Akira. <laughs> like I've seen it a fair few times. Yeah, it's but a, all I remember is Tetsuo. I think that's what a lot of people yeah. remember. Yeah. I, I think it took me till my third or fourth time watching it till I actually understood it. Yeah. But the first... It's, so it's, it's those, those those crazy creatures that are in that room he gets put in. He goes mm. and talks to them and there's like... The, the blue guys? Yeah, with the big teddy bear and stuff. And it's, um... Yeah. It, it was and his guts spill out. And yeah, it was it was an anime that was one of the first made to the Western audience. And yeah. Um, and I think, in all honesty, Akira gets a lot more praise than it deserves. I've never been a huge fan of it as a movie. They... they, they They've got better, as in everything's yeah. got better since then, but it was kind of a pioneering... Of course, that, yeah, yeah. But um, it was one of those ones where I sort of thought there were a lot of animes from around that era that were very, very good, but it got the praise because it was sort of the first one to hit the Western world. Well, it wasn't like a Ninja Scroll where yeah. there was torture and rape and all these things that was a very, yeah. very graphic R-rated yeah. film. This, yeah. was, this was more... Um, more palatable for yeah, yeah, of course. a, a non-Japanese audience, to, yeah. to say the least. Still, I think I probably saw it when I was about 13 or so. And, you know, it's like still pretty violent and crazy. Oh, yeah. and the animation is really awesome. So, you know, to see that for the first time... It was was that what got you into I was I was anime? a fan of uh, shows like Neon Genesis before yeah. that. but yeah, Dragon Ball Z? A, I think Dragon Ball Z was even after it. No, it's way later on. Yeah. Way, way later yeah, but on. I mean, if you didn't see it till you were 13... Yeah, but I think that was about the same time that Dragon Ball Z started airing in Australia. Okay, yeah, but so, Akira was made in the eighties, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It was this, way was what, this, yeah. This, this was made when when we were weren't even born. I wouldn't yeah. have thought. Um, I think it was about eighty eight, roughly off the top okay. of my head. So it's just yeah, um, eighty years of life. I'll check that now. But you know, I was I was a fan of uh, Evangelion and a lot of stuff from around that era in particular. But it was just it never really, I don't know, it just never 
I didn't do a thing. Yeah, sat well with me as a... a You're right, 88, bang on. Yeah. I was a big anime nerd back in the day. That is one of the things I can quite often go back to. But um, it's just... It was one of those ones where I think it got a lot more praise just because it was a new medium for a Western audience to watch. Because um, I've got a lot of Japanese friends that sort of say it's crap compared to what was out around that time. But it was just we didn't get the rest of it, other things from that era. But, you know, I, I don't think it will... It's quite the the live action sort of thing to go with. Well, I think for anyone who's seen the end of that movie... It's going to be very hard to do that one. Yeah, action. that's something that's pretty interesting yeah. in animation, let alone doing a live action yeah, version. But we say, that, we say that a lot. and Every now and again we're surprised. There, there, are, there are movies that do it. You look at like 2001 A Space Odyssey or something like that with the ending in that film. They can pull it off. It's just whether or not it's better in an anime universe for it to be like that. Then. Yeah. I guess it would depend on director and yeah. the, the people that make it. Because like, we, we always... You can poo-poo something, but... Depends on who's doing it. Oh, of course. I, 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 I wouldn't put anything past anyone now. Yeah. Like, if you look at the Transformers movies, they yeah, they, they show visual oh, effects like never course. before. But when you look at some things, like, you think of, like, if they actually did a live action, say, Dragon Ball Z. Which they did. Like, no, but like <laughs> Dragon Ball Z actually was, with the half an hour long fireballs at each other. And I mean, if them. it was like Dragon Ball Z, like it was, then they'd be probably talking for... Yeah. Well, what, five hours of the movie yeah. in the last minute would be like, <laughs> that'd be yeah. it. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, the idea of two people doing a giant fight, or even Street Fighter when they do live actions of that. Oh, you know, we're, we're talking, we're talking nah, back in the day. But I mean, like, it's, you don't, to see someone go and do a I wouldn't fire, say Kylie Minogue in a movie yeah. really counts as a <laughs> um, uh, But to see, line. like, a fireball done by a live action, even if it's CG'd really well, just doesn't feel quite right compared to seeing it as a cartoon. Sometimes. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the cartoon, you can suspend your disbelief a little bit more than yeah. with real people. That's yeah. like... That's why I can't watch a lot of uh, uh, like strange movies because like that's why I like with the when we go back to last episode with the the, the mutants and the X Men and the comic stuff. Yeah. That's why I like the the More, Batman and yeah, the, that are grounded in reality. Yeah, the new Batman yeah. and the new um, Iron Man because they're grounded, whereas the other ones are a little bit further away. Yeah. Well, yeah. certainly there's been movies like Death Note, which they were Japanese live action remakes of an anime series, and they were really good. I thought well, okay. so. I, I may not like the movie, but what about something like Scott Pilgrim? Is that something where where you felt that, it, even though it was a comedy, do you think that's something they could use to adapt towards something like Akira? Possibly. Sure, there's well, there's definitely ways to do it. It's just, it'll be interesting to see if they do, like, a Watchmen, where they completely change the yeah. ending to make it more palatable for American audiences. There's a couple of old animes, like Samurai X, which were very good. Um, was the Watchmen where... still palatable? No, I, I still liked it. But, um, yeah, no, no, I enjoyed. Yeah. I don't. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy, it, but I'm saying the ending was still most of it, most of the world got destroyed. But I mean, if you have seen the, have you read the book? Oh, uh, with all the there, there's like instead of well, spoilers for a little bit, but there, instead of nuclear bombs going off, it's it, like giant squids, yeah, basically. Mm. And so I Before, think I forgot about that. Yeah, it could be a little more. Uh, like feeling a bit more out of the blue if they didn't go into all the backstory that they did in the comic books. So to you know do the same kind of thing for Akira, I can see that happening. But it's just the kind of thing that they've been trying to make this movie for so long. I remember back in the day there were rumors of Leonardo DiCaprio playing Tetsuo yeah. or Akira even back you know when he was quite young. And so to go back to what we started, Christian Stewart is rumored to play um, one of the girlfriends in the movie. Um, and then the guy, I think Garrett Headland is his name, is rumoured to play Tetsuo. 
he was in Tron Evolution for anyone mm. who saw that movie. I'm gonna have to watch it because I'm looking at the characters. And I'm like, it was Akira was the friend. At yeah, the end. Akira like his is title the main, character, the and Tetsuo is the crazy, the one that gets really angry and crazy. And and then Kaneda is another one of the main characters. And which one was Kaneda the girl or no? He's another guy. So yeah. it, there's kind of like three main. Yeah, guys. but so so Tetsuo is the one that becomes that big blob. blob. I can't remember. Yeah, see, I, can't, I cannot <laughs> yeah. remember names and, and um, where they were in relation to it. They all run around on. I, it must be Tetsuo because he's like, cause like when the thing's the big blob, he's like Tetsuo. Yeah, blob, that, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Think you're right. Um, but it's like you know, some like Evangelion. But they all, do scream Kaneda a lot yeah. as well. So. Um, but some like Evangelion. Kaneda. Yeah. Uh, some like Evangelion, where we've seen Transformers. Yeah. You know, and that worked on the big screen. I'm not quite sure what Evangelion would translate too well on the big screen. That's well, they've they re-released. A couple of Evangelion movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, but um, they were still anime, not live action. Yeah, but I mean, like, an Evangelion is another one that they've been trying to make a movie for mm. for forever. It's a bad choice of director on this. Who's uh, his name is Stephen Norrington. Right. He did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, okay. Oh, which was not a great film. It was, but, it was, it was it, yeah. but I guess I, I always go back to visual effects. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking visual effects and the way they did. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde's transformations was but really poor. We're also taking that back ten years now. Like, You're right. Yeah, that, that's that's 2003. It is yeah. quite a while. He also did Blade. So that's yeah, probably Blade a movie good. called Death Machine. I think I might. And Last that. Minute. I'm not sure about either of those films. But so, yeah, yeah listen, Blade at least shows that Blade he has good. the potential yeah. to make a good movie. Listen, the CG in Blade was still pretty average for its time, but it worked. Okay. Because I, I I must admit I never really bothered watching Blade. Right. Yeah. No, I've seen it a few times. Yeah, I remember mm. seeing it back in 1998 get the shit out of me. The only, the only part <laughs> of I can watch it now because Wesley Snipes won't get any yeah. money from it. The only part of Blade that looked terrible from what I remember is when Stephen Dorff's being engulfed by the blood as he's becoming a you know the, the ultra vampire. And um, the blood just looked really cheesy compared to you know what we get nowadays. But it's, you know it's a while back, so we might see something good come out of it. Well, um, it seems like they've had a lot of names attached to this and it keeps changing yeah so it started this year James Franco was reported to be involved Timberlake was reported Joaquin Phoenix was yeah this this is looking like it's Franco would have been good well I think Helena Bonham County Reeves fuck people approach County Reeves fuck off because it's Neo (laughs) I think like Helena Bonham Carter is currently in talks to star and it sounds like these actors and actresses that they're uh, you know talking about now are kind of being locked in almost are they a bit old though that, well, Christian Stewart seems about the right age. Yeah, yeah. Helen Bonacarta doesn't seem the right age. I don't think she's going to be playing one of the main kids. Though. She's playing Kaneda. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't know. Well, she's fucking old for someone. Oh, not we, to we can, rude, uh, I'm sure we can... We'll get more information. And look, Gary Oldman's going to play the Colonel. They're looking at Kira Knightley as well. Yeah. Oh, well, it's it's all still speculation and rumour right now. We're not getting any... Sorry, I'm wrong. No, she's going to play like, Lady... Mikaya, cool. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, sorry. Wrong but, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just scam reading and... Yeah, but at the same job. time, we are talking about, at the moment, it's all hearsay and we're not getting any official reports. It is, but I guess, if, I guess if there's another round, maybe they're looking at locking in people. I yeah, guess. they, they might have... Yeah. Listen, sometimes for this sort of stuff... You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't put Christian Stewart's name out there unless you were looking to lock yeah. people in. But at the same time, sometimes this can be something as simple as they've talked to her and she's gone, yeah, I'd do it if it was available. And then... E's heard about it at some point and gone, well, we've heard this. And she said, I, I said I'd do it if it was available. And then E News has reported, you know, absolute trash like they usually do. Well, so it could, it's a lot of that sort of it stuff. It could be the thing where 
they want her, and yeah. so they just put her name out there. They so would she want her. She's she's a big draw card. People yeah. really like the Twilight fans love her. Yeah, I can't. Stand she's it. a bit of a bitch when it comes to yeah, I can't interviews and things. Like she's, a, she's very resentful of of her popularity. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't seem very appreciative, especially if you've seen her on things like the MTV Awards. Well, yeah, I've done a lot of work because, like, something like Twilight's very big for my the yeah. business I work in. So I've done a lot of stuff where I've watched a lot of the, the interviews of those stars and cut them up. And her interviews are uh, more often than not very, very aggressive, very yeah. passive aggressive on her she front. She seems emo. She doesn't uh, give a lot. In no, and then, then then you've got interviews with guys like I guess someone she's dating Robert Pattinson. Like, yeah. And he's actually a little bit older, I think, yeah. from memory. And he's he's relatively he's he's really knows what he's, he did Harry Potter before it. He's actually been quite famous for a Harry while. Potter. Pardon? He was in Harry Potter. He was yeah, uh, yeah. Cedric Diggory, the um, uh, Goblet of Fire, the kid that dies. Oh, right. his main competitor from the school. But he's he's, he's not as he's not appreciative, but he's a little bit more uh, understanding yeah, of he's, how he's, it works. He's a bit wise into the world. And yeah. then you've got someone like Taylor Lodner who. Uh, was almost dropped from the role because he wasn't yeah. beefy enough for it, and he worked hard, worked really hard, and he he is just great. Some he's of the very, he's yeah. so appreciative. He will he will go there. He, he was not that fussed about you know every interview. He pick himself up and do it. And he was in town, and he signed every single signature for every single girl on right. the catwalk. There's about yeah. a thousand girls, and he signed every single. Yeah, signature. He, um, I've seen a couple of his interviews, and he actually seems to be genuinely. Wanting to be who he is. Mm, he's like, nothing special actor-wise, but yeah, he's yeah. a good guy. All right, uh, so we should probably move on to some more news. Actually, the one that you guys are most hyped about, I'm sure, about Ricky Gervais hosting the uh, Golden Globes. Yeah, Again. so it seems like pretty much confirmed that Ricky is going to come back for the next Golden Globes host, which after the last... So, Robert Pattinson, 25, Christian Stewart, 21. There you go. Okay. After the last... Uh, Debacle, I guess you call it. Where... <laughs> it was not a debacle. It was, it was, it wasn't, wasn't widely appreciated by the people he was making fun of. But I think everyone else yeah. knew. Well, yeah. I, I don't even think the people who, who he was making fun of didn't really care. But someone complained, and then the organisers pretended like they cared. It was bruised when he said he was going to raid Mel Gibson's uh, yeah. wardrobe to bring out the Hitler suit. But obviously, you're still, you know, kidding around, and he was funny. It was just. I don't know if he's kidding. <laughs> That man does not joke. Well, the the best part of this is when he announced this on Twitter. He was uh, hanging with Billy Crystal talking about the Oscars because Billy Crystal is going to be the new Oscar host. And he just tweeted out, oh, I told him that he can't use any of my rape or Holocaust material. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, he's going to be good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that he's doing it because I don't think whoever they were going to replace him with would have done nearly as good a job as uh, he has been doing. I'm kind of disappointed though. But yeah, that's the other thing is that, that whole podcasting they had planned was going to be very, very enjoyable. Hopefully there's still another event. Like maybe he could do that for the Oscars or something like that. And you know, sometime down the line, we'll still get Carl Pilkington or Larry David. Yeah. I think that could be really was a Louis CK was going to be involved as well. Yeah. So, uh, oh, lots of good names, but, uh, uh, you know, maybe at least that way I don't have to sit through watching the Oscars. <laughs> I can just watch the highlights on YouTube. Um, or the, uh, did the you really even watch the Oscars now? No. Like 10 nominations for movie of the year. I watched quite a bit of it last year and it wasn't anything special. Um, yeah, no, I don't bother watching any of that crap. Generally, I'll watch the highlight reel afterwards. Well, Wikipedia will look at the winners list. Yeah. Uh, and we've got some anniversaries of consoles. Yeah, well, in the last couple of days, we've had some big milestones in terms of some of the bigger 
gaming consoles where the Nintendo from last generation. Yeah. yeah, and and this generation with the Xbox One. Yeah, the original Xbox reached its tenth year anniversary and including Halo. Yeah, which is why we've got Halo anniversary. The PlayStation Three is on its five year anniversary, yep. at least for its American launch. And the GameCube has been out for ten years now as well. So it's interesting to see that they all launched in the kind of the same time frame, basically. Yeah. What's our uh, favorite games on each of these systems? I guess. Like just going back, in case anyone. What do you want? We, do we want to? We'll have a chat about each system. Well, so did any of you guys get the Xbox, the yeah. original Xbox? Mine's sitting right there, funnily enough. Yeah. yeah so I never had one, so I, I can't really talk about it to the same yeah. extent, but certainly uh, Halo's revolutionary for yeah. shooters. It was the first time that they ever did something that was, I guess, arguably open world. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least it wasn't yeah. a, a, a strict corridor. On the rails, yeah. Um, I, so I got mine a bit late into the cycle out of PS2 for ages and hammered one day while... He's one of your friends. Slightly in, yeah, sorry, one of my friends, James Hammond. Uh, I was slightly intoxicated and he uh, talked me into buying an Xbox. I had, a, I had another friend who bought a PlayStation 3 the same way. It's, it seems <laughs> like all you need is that you yeah. know alcoholic buzz and some money. Yeah. And it's like, it's make sure one, friend, one friend that's like, um, come on, yeah. come on. <laughs> Despite the fact that I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, my actual favourite game on that system was not Silver Republic. I guess 1 and 2. See, I had um, seven played those games. I don't know if we'll be able to go back and play them at this stage. Well, I, think, I, no, I was on waiting for Old Republic yeah. to come out, and that is going to um, be I me. Think, I think Nazi Old Republic 1 or 2 are actually games you can go back and play. Because I've certainly um, got them on Steam in one of those sales. Oh, yeah, see, no. I, would, I, I played them once on the PC. They're fucking shocking on the PC. It's actually a console. Okay. Yeah. And Jade Empire, one of the old, another old Bioware game. Yeah, that was actually a decent one, yeah. Yeah, I got that too and still haven't got around to playing it. Yeah. That system... In hindsight, when you sort of look back on it, because remember, it started when its competing competing consoles had a history. So the PlayStation had its franchises, and Nintendo had its franchises. Well, it, it started in kind of what you'd argue is the downfall of Nintendo. Yeah. But then again, I would argue that probably the release of the PAO, the, the uh, Xbox 360, yeah. may have started that, because certainly that console didn't hang around for a long time in that generation yeah it was just it was almost a launch thing to say hey look it's microsoft we're a gaming company and we're here now it came out with some decent games and stuck true to uh, some decent stuff you know had black um the first destructible environment like, even to go back to its launch lineup i got yeah. it on day one halo it got yeah i got halo jet Set radio and dead alive three they, they were all launch titles and yeah as you mentioned project gotham racing um, came out on day one and much had a really good soundtrack from memory Project Gotham yeah um, it's been a while but all those racing games seem to have you know pretty decent soundtrack and it was was um what was the second game you mentioned Jet you got Set Radio Future. Future. yeah, yeah that's that has an awesome was that the one where you, you, you danced and that, that's the uh, rollerblading roller graffiti blade. game yeah that's it rollerblading graffiti yeah I remember that yeah and I really want them to make another one of those games or at least re-release the original Jet Set Radio on Isn't it Xbox against, Live Arcade or something can't they not do that in Australia, because it's against the law to release well, anything that, that, yeah, because of the graffiti angle. When that came out here, there is a big warning at the start of the game saying yeah. this you know, is graffiti a, is a crime, blah blah blah, and you can't skip it. It stays there for quite a long time. But then Mark Echoes getting up the game, the the, the graffiti. massive graffiti game, that yeah, got banned. that got banned. So it does seem a bit inconsistent um, with basically what they're allowing, what they. Aren't, but that game, you know, it came out here on the launch of the original Xbox. And uh, another game, actually, that just came back to me, was Broken Sword. 
Yeah, those they were did, great games. Yeah, Breakfast Club 3 was on the original Xbox. Xbox, and that was really, really good. I really enjoyed that one. A lot of pushing uh, boxes or yes. crates. <laughs> but the, yeah, the Xbox One had a... Zoro, Zoro. <laughs> yeah, Xbox One had a great lineup of games. Um, it kind of got forgotten about. Then the Xbox 360 came out and changed everything once again. But yeah. um, well, to, to Nick's point with the console not being around for that long, it was the last console launched in that generation. Yeah. And then the Xbox 360 was the first. Was the first. Yeah. So it was only out for about four years, or something like that. Yeah. And there was also the thing similar to what Nintendo did with the 3DS with a massive price cut. It was a month after the console came out, it dropped, they dropped it by $250 in Australia. Yeah. So I think it's a lot was, of money. Yeah, yeah, I think it was six fifty, and it went down to four hundred. I got mine for three hundred or three fifty in the end with a heap of games. Yeah, and then, which was cool for everyone who already bought one, they gave you a free controller and two free games of your yeah. choice out of the launch lineup. And because there was such a great launch, well, so how, how could you? How could you? How, how did you ha- prove that? How did you redeem it? Yeah. You sent away your receipt and yeah. that kind of stuff. But one thing that happened to me, they wanted your original receipt, not a copy, and then. They lost my receipt, oh, and so it took me forever. I eventually did get my copies of the games, and it just happened on my birthday. I got this box, and I'm like, oh, birthday present, and it was my two Xbox games and a controller. Nice. So it worked out quite well for yeah, me. Yeah, I just remember, I got mine on the week Halo 2 launched. Okay. That, I think that was a lot of people that got yeah. it, and that was about... Uh, it wasn't because of Halo 2, it just happened to be, coincidentally, that same week. Yeah, um, but that, that game definitely that was sold an, a lot of That systems. was another game that... that um, was a revolutionary game in the sense of it was the first time that we had Xbox Live and multiplayer and on a console to really encourage online gaming through your console. Like there are other consoles, like the Dreamcast for instance came with the 56k modem. The PS2 had the Wi-Fi Ethernet adapter, which I was stupid enough to buy. Well, they didn't have the that, that sort of functionality up in Australia yet. Well, I played so. one game on, no, two games online on my PS2, which was one of the Ratchet and Clanks had an online mode. Yeah. And then there was like hardware that came. Yeah, that's the one I've been yeah. playing. Yeah, but and it's like a crappy twisted metal. Yeah, you weren't missing anything by yeah. not playing those games. But like certainly, the Dreamcast was meant to come with a 56k modem because I was originally going to put a broadband modem in it, and then thought, oh no, broadband will never take off in homes, or by the time it does, it'll be so long away. Mm. And they dropped the 56k modem in it. Silly, uh, because a year later, broadband even here in Australia was quite active. But then, okay, and then the other ones we've got is the GameCube, which I never owned. Knew very few people that actually ended up owning it. Yeah, I never owned one, but I had a friend who did, and I actually spent a lot of time playing it, and I actually think it's quite a good console. Uh, see, I always thought it was a kid's console, that's why I never really touched um, it. Like, I guess if, there's, there's, there's kids and then there's kids. Yeah. Like, I think I think we we sell a lot of these, play, like, like, we sell Nintendo short for kids, whereas these games are, you know, multi-generational, mm. really. It's, it's like Mario Sunshine, no kids getting into it and actually understanding it. Right. Like, you, no, no one understands. It's, it's even like Mario Galaxy. How many seven-year-olds are going to be able to pick up Mario Galaxy yeah. and actually get through that game? Yeah. I, I do think I do think it's for the, the teenager. Oh, you know, I'm just saying, when yeah. I was a teenager, that's what I saw it as. Is yeah. I saw yeah. it as a kid's console. Yeah, I, I guess so. But then I grew up with Nintendo, so it's a little different for me. You, neither of you guys really grew up with Nintendo as your snitch. primary... I had the yeah. Game Boys, not... I didn't I, have a SNES. Game Boy and SNES for years. Oh, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking, you know, the... So I'm talking about that, that middle era, the, but I mean, the like, golden age of Nintendo, really. The, the even even if I didn't have the console, all my friends did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I still grew up playing 64 and Super Nintendo, just going around to friends' houses all the yeah. time. Yeah, well, I, I actually think the, the GameCube was quite good, and, and arguably had um, something like Wind Waker, which is one of the greatest, probably the, the most original and 
most well-developed Zelda game. Yeah. The, the uh, travelling around on the oceans got a bit frustrating mm. where you had to change directions with the wind. But it, as well, it also made it seem like this was a full game. Like yeah, it, this was a giant game. It was probably the biggest... And I think that's what that's what Skyward Sword is going to have now that people are loving. It's like it's not like you're riding off across a plane that's you know it's big but it's not huge. It's going to be again. It's going to be giant, a giant looks, environment. It looks really good. It still holds up today with those cel shaded graphics. Yeah, it really does, and it's really very clever look. And initially, when I saw it, I thought, "What the hell is this?" And when I played, I thought, "This is actually this is quite adult in in its, in its structure and its play." But there's also you know Mario Kart was was a great generation of Mario Kart. A really good generation for a couple of other ones as well, like uh, well, that's Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, yeah, the Mario Sunshine, Sunshine as well. It also had the reboots of, well, the first time they rebooted the Resident Evil games. Yeah. So I got to play Resident Evil One in in what were quite good graphics, and that that was really enjoyable. Cool. So I uh, imported the uh, the platinum console from America, which is basically the same as all the other consoles, just more silvery. Mm. And uh, that uh, some of the games I really liked was. Baton Kaitos, which was a Japanese RPG, and Tales of Symphonia, which is another great JRPG. That I think those games just didn't get a huge push, like especially when they came out in Australia, in, they were very limited numbers. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there was certainly some really good games on that system. It definitely had some of those big titles. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder whether Nintendo, um, the one of their downfalls was the fact that they had the cartridge, and then they went to the mini. Yeah, CD. Well, I think, and I wonder whether that, that that combating piracy really affected their sales. Yeah, well, that certainly a lot of people bought the PlayStation and Xbox because they could just burn a DVD. Yeah, mm. and but I never I knew anyone to have chipped the GameCube. I don't even really know. Well, that's or. because basically, where are you going to get those CDs to copy them? I've got them. Yeah, but, but back in the day, I don't think you could actually copy those GameCube discs. They, oh, weren't, they yeah. weren't as cheap either. Yeah. Right. So I was going to say, because I've always used mini CDs. Well, not all. Not all if you're on a laptop, you can't actually put those mini no. CDs in your laptop. Oh, no. Well, you can't put them into slot-mounted yeah. laptops. But back then, we didn't have slot-mounted laptops. We had the flip-out Yeah, true. Yeah. But it was also like a 1.6 gig DVD, yeah. which is like it a was weird It was DVD. Size. That was the hard one. That's yeah. Right. yeah. So I think... Depending, like I never heard of anyone pirating GameCube games, which it just means that, you know, no one's buying the system yeah. if that is, you know, the reason that they were buying some of the other consoles, yeah. um, which, you know, it's good that it cuts down on piracy, but it does cut down on system sales as well. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting to note it could have backfired a little bit for them. I forgot Metroid Prime as well. Oh, of course. Had yeah. quite, a, quite a clever HUD and things like that, and that, that sort of did what Halo did with that whole yeah. idea of the HUD. Metroid Prime and uh, its sequel, Echoes, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, it was quite clever how it had your health bars on like the sides yeah. of the screen so it looked like you were in the wearing the helmet. Yeah, and the cool, I remember the moment where you shoot your uh, charged up laser and there's a reflection of your eyes in the visor. Mm. It's just uh, very impressive. First time that we've seen something like that. Yeah. And I also played Animal Crossing a hell of a lot on the game. <gasps> yeah, that got a lot of love as well, yeah. Yeah, which it, it's been a shame that the Animal Crossing since then have basically just been rehashing the same game because mm. there's a lot that you could do with that series, but uh, yeah, they haven't seemed to achieve it. Hopefully the 3DS one will be a bit different. There's also Soul Calibur with Link. Yeah, Soul Calibur 2, that was, <laughs> that was another one that I definitely had. I think, I think the game, it was quite an underrated console. There's, there's a lot of love there. 
If, if, you, if you went back and played, you'd be like, I'm a lot of those consoles. consoles where like the Xbox One is still an underrated console. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm very much underrated because I just yeah. never had it. And yeah. I, I don't. I don't think of it. But if I went back and played all these games, I think, well, the main well, thing yeah. with it is you still can because all the games still work for your 360. I not all of them, but most of them. Good I still keep my eyes open for a copy of Nazi Old Republic One and Two for Xbox One just for my 360 because I've bought four copies now and they keep going walkabouts. It's really strange. It's like they just biodegrade my cupboard. But both of those games, yeah, were ones that are they're still they're still popular enough that they still hold like a fifty six dollar price tag on eBay most of the time. And the Ninja um, Gaiden was another one of oh, the yeah, Xbox one. games yeah. that I was addicted to. Insanely hard, but definitely rewarding once yeah. you beat that. And for the PlayStation Three, what do you reckon's been the best game so far? I, I was a huge fan of Metal Gear Four when it came out. Yeah, that was very good. That one was very very good. I still think Uncharted One was the first time with this. You know, with this generation of consoles, I sat down and went, wow, I kind of just validated the reason for buying this. Yeah, definitely. That was one of the uh, first Sorry. games that I got as well. Because uh, the PS3 is the hardest one to talk about because it's still a current generation. Yeah, well, console. certainly, if you just think about all the games you've played, which one has been the best, it was definitely Uncharted because, yeah, it validated my reason for buying, but it was the first game I actually felt was a serious single-player story. Like, it was funny, long, and in involved shooting, jumping, climbing, you know, first person, everything in one game. It just felt solid. And it was the first console that, once again, I actually had proper compatibility with something like a PSP. Did you, know? did you pick one up on launch or anything like that? Like how soon uh, after? Mine was not too far after launch off the top of my head. Yeah, because in Australia, they were especially expensive when it first I came out here. six... 40 maybe for mine. Okay. Yeah, so it would have been pretty close after launch. It came with Resistance 1 and Motorstorm, so it wasn't too far after launch. Because, uh, yeah, I managed to get mine in Hong Kong when yeah. I was on a holiday there, and it was about half the price of what they were in Australia when they were $1,000 when it first mm -hmm. came out here. So I was, you know, pretty pleased to be able to get a good deal on that. Uh, and I picked it up with The Darkness, and that was a really cool game, I thought. Just, uh, it, I don't know, it was made by the same guys who did the Reddit games on yeah. the original Xbox, which again, another great Xbox yeah. game. I mm. uh, didn't uh, like the darkness personally, but I can see what attracted people. It was at a time where I still wasn't quite into the whole first person shooter on a console. Okay. Um, but well, the, yeah. the cool things that I liked about it was just the storyline especially, yeah. and the action was cool where you could you know, make portals that sucked in of the enemies yeah. and stuff, but just like moments where you and your girlfriend are just hanging out on the couch watching TV and uh, like that relationship with your girlfriend, I thought was really good. So hopefully that's you know the kind of thing that they continue to do well for the sequel, which uh, looks it's made by a different team and has a bit of a different graphics. So we'll see what that one's like. Mine would have to be probably Heavy Rain. Heavy yeah. Rain is definitely that's one of the few games I've actually played through completely and totally on the Xbox. That I mean, on the PS3, sorry. That yeah. was the that was another game where I sat back and went, holy crap! That just set a new standard for games. Like it wasn't as much. Well, it was a game. Hard, yeah, it wasn't it was much an interactive game. movie. Yeah, you know. exactly. And that sort um, of that sort of um, you didn't really play it. Yeah. I guess you, you you press buttons when it told you to press buttons. I guess. Yeah. But yeah. the main thing for it was it was the first time I sort of stepped back and went, "Wow, these graphics are magnificent." Like Uncharted Two had done that for me, where I sort of really went, "Holy crap, the Xbox is fucked." And even now and again, you just get that game on PS3 where you sort of step back and just go. I'm not quite sure you can count them in the same generation, the Xbox and PlayStation. Well, I remember when you got yours and you had that demo of Skyward Sword on us. What was, what was it called? Skyward Sword? No, no, sorry, wrong. Something Sword. Heavenly Sword. Heavenly, Heavenly Sword. Sword. Yeah. You had that demo and I, I that was, that, 
for what was a bad game, that graphics were amazing. Oh, no, and I used to, I used to, used to yeah. play it. Used to show me that that bit where you slide down that, yeah, yeah, which was everywhere. But I used to my my eyes would pop every time I saw yeah. that. Yeah, and it was just it was one of those times where you just sort of went. We may call them all in the same generation, but I still sometimes think we three sixty PlayStation three are all three separate generations to each other. They're just out at the same time, um, and they have their little crossovers here and there. Like yeah. obviously Xbox and PlayStation three have games that run on both um, because it's a way to sell more copies of a game and it's to hit a bigger market. But sometimes you just see that PlayStation-only game and you just go, holy crap, you're almost limiting yourself to have cross-platform. Well, certainly something like God of War 3 is just one of the most technically impressive yeah. games that I've ever seen. And uh, I don't know if you could do that on the Xbox 360, at least to that scale. But uh, Even just on the hardware medium. You know, we're talking about DVD to Blu-ray. In some cases, dual-layer Blu-ray. Yeah, which is seems like one of the reasons why Metal Gear, again, didn't come out on the... Uh, 360. 360. But, uh, yeah, just go back to Heavy Rain briefly. The the previous game that they did, um, Fahrenheit, or Indigo yeah. Prophecy, as it was called in America, um, it, Heavy Rain reminds me a lot of that, which was another great game. I played it on the PC, but it was on PS2 and uh, mm. original Xbox as well. I still haven't played that one. Yeah, I so I think it, yeah. that would hold up. Was that, quite uh, like, like that along with Parasite Eve, or like regarded as some of the best forgotten games? Probably. Yeah. I haven't played Parasite Eve, or at least the PS1 ones. I played the PSP one. Oh. But uh, yeah, like I, I think if you like Heavy Rain, it's quite similar. Yeah. It's Heavy Rain. A lot of people that was the first game that they played by Quantic Dream, that company yeah. who made that. And but having come off the back of Fahrenheit. Playing Heavy Rain made me want to go back and play Fahrenheit again. Yeah. And certainly the video that they put out before Heavy Rain was released, where I think it's just called The Audition. I'll put a link to it from the uh, from the podcast page. I've watched that every so often, just go back and watch it, because it's just, they're showing off the technology of being able to have, you know, the spatial animations and um, basically capturing the mood and the feel of the storytelling. That just does it in a way that no one else has been able to yeah. achieve. And, uh, yeah, so it's come a long way this generation. It's pretty cool to see. So let's round out with what we've got coming up or what games are coming up uh, in the next week or so. So yeah. uh, probably the biggest one or two of the biggest ones, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword is going to yes. be released. And, you know, perfect review on IGN. It doesn't really matter about scores, but it certainly appears to have, again, you know, they just... I, I always worry that they're not going to do it, and they just that's, people that make Zelda seem to be able to do it every time. Yeah. Well, they got uh, the new issue of Hyper Magazine as well, and they gave it a ten out of ten. So, I I suspect that game will be good. The one thing that I have noticed from the previews and stuff is that there's still no voice acting. No, and that even though I don't think it's a Link... very strong limitation on the way with there's no voice acting. You know, you got to read subtitles, and it, it, almost all of Links will be. Ah! God, <laughs> <That'll be laughs> I, <about> it. <laughs> I still think Link doesn't really need to talk, but uh, that was one of the things I remember playing Twilight Princess like five years ago. That I thought, why aren't these voice that well? Maybe because it was you know a GameCube game, they couldn't fit it on the disc. But but because yeah. it's you know we, I'm pretty sure they could fit I, all that dialogue. I on. thought about I thought that myself with Final Fantasy VII, where I went, I wonder what this would have been like if they had voiced it, and then they released Advent Children. I went, oh thank Christ, I didn't voice that game. Sometimes subtitles allow you to put the voice you think that character should have to it in your head. Because some, like sometimes when things are voiced, like I didn't like the choice of voicing for the English uh, title track of Final Fantasy Thirteen or Ten, mm. for instance. 
I just they, they the characters' voices weren't what I had in my head, sort of thing. But I still think it would have been so weird playing those games and just have them stop while you're reading the text. Like, yeah, of course. No, no, I, no, no I think of course. Sword, like, I think this is a game that might benefit from it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure. Well, well, Final Fantasy X was voiced, and I thought that was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, well, the voicing wasn't bad. It just wasn't the voice that I would have picked okay. and such, and that's why uh, sometimes these games work quite well as a subtitle. It's always, it's always American Asians that do the voicing. Yeah, yeah. No, not to be critical of that. Not no, no, no. It's, 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 it's is, the they, closest they, similarity to the original Japanese soundtrack mm. in a lot of cases. Yeah. It's like it's like when they do um, Iron Chef and yeah. they overdub it with the, that American, American Japanese voice. It's quite... <laughs> Quite a lot fun. of the times nowadays for uh, dubbing, they, they sound American and stuff, but they're actually Aussies that are being hired. Yeah, it's weird um, how many Australians yeah. are popping up in games lately. Bill, uh, one of my friends who's a professional voice actor for a living, um, was saying that it, Australians are quite often chosen for voice acting because we can do other accents flawlessly. Like he went and spent six months in America training to do the American accent and now can do all different versions of the American accent just spot on well. But the thing with it is, is because... Supposedly our accent's like a nothing accent, so the attitude is we can take on other ones. You know, my sister speaks French and German and, and can confuse both Germans and French people into believing that she's from that country because her accent's so correct for well, us. Certainly when we were in America, people kept asking us where we were from. Yeah. And we would say Australia, but I got the feeling that we could say anywhere. Yeah, we could, like no. half the time people thought we were British or we were Canadian. Or yeah. Is I it think, just ignorance, though, I think, on Americans' part? Well, I think yeah. basically it's the thing that they want a foreign-sounding accent, and if it, yeah. if they recognise that you're not American, then they're just like, oh, okay, you're obviously, yeah. you know, just from wherever but you say you In are. England, I constantly got asked if I was Canadian, not Australian. So I think it is actually one of those things where we've got a very hard accent well, to pick. I've, 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 I must admit, I've never come across that whenever I've travelled. But yeah. But yeah, so nonetheless, uh, it's old scale. So one that I'm hyped about is Super Mario Land 3D. So Super Mario... 3D land. Yeah, it's so, a bit of a mouthful of the title. It's a stupid name. We played it at E3 and was really, really good fun. Really felt like the original 64 Mario again. Yeah, it seems like a bit of a cross between Mario 64 and Galaxy. You can get Mario 64 on... Um... It's on Virtual Console or it's on the That's original cool. DS. But not on 3DS. Okay. Um, we can play it on 3DS with the... It yeah. just doesn't have a 3D. Yeah, Yeah. no, I'm just saying uh, Mario 64 you can't play on 3DS. You can play it on. You can play the original DS version, right? Oh, is there a DS version? Yeah, of it? yeah right. Okay, I mean. so I wasn't aware. That's all right. Um, yeah, but nonetheless, so that one was really good fun. So I'll be looking forward to that. We've got Rayman Origins, which is this one with the rabbits again? No, this no. is not this a raving rabbits game. This is the actual new Rayman. Yeah, game. Rayman. No and arms, no legs. Again, getting really good reviews. Yeah, but um, uh, I was thinking that's coming out on the, the 3DS and Vita at some stage as well. This is. All the console versions, but uh, I might wait till the Vita to play yeah. that one. Just yeah. so save up some good games for that. Um, um, for you two guys, Tales yeah. of the Abyss. Yeah, this is another uh, 3DS game which I've already ordered my copy of, and uh, definitely looking to play it. As I mentioned, Tales of Symphonia was one of my favorite GameCube games, and it's a sequel, prequel. Well, it's, it's another yeah. game set in the same kind of universe. It's not uh, related to that game at all. But uh, Tales of Eternia was a really good PSP game. And uh, yeah, it seems to uh, continue that trend, so I'm definitely looking forward to checking that one out. Cool. Alright. I think that's, that's it for us. Yeah. Awesome. Alright, well I'm Kurt, and I'm out. See you guys. I was Ben. Uh, check out pressx.com.au if you do want to email us anything. Podcast at pressx.com.au is our email address. Uh, of course, either of our names in front of at pressx.com.au will get to us as well. Not that we ever check that email. Yeah. We do check podcast at pressx, so email yeah. that.
Thank you very much. I was Nick. See you later. Enjoy your week and hopefully have another podcast soon. Bye.